0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. You may have heard me say a few times in the past that I can't hold a tune to save my life, but it does not stop me belting out a song whenever the opportunity arises – of course that happens at work because this is a children's radio station. There's lots of classics I like to sing, but also I sing with my children. Um, we were just, I was just singing with my son while he was on the toilet last night. Um, so we'll sing whenever we can. One man who has made music an integral part of his life as well as his families, is ukulele king, Woody Clark. Hi, Woody. How are you?
1: Hello, Sean. Lovely to be here. Thank you.
0: I've just called you the ukulele king. Of course, you're a musician. You can do lots of different things. But let's focus on the ukulele for the moment. Yep. How long have you been playing?
1: Well, I stumbled across it by accident. I was actually recording my debut album, and I needed something bright and friendly for the kids and for that vibe. And uh, I was in a cafe, and this lady said, oh, you can you can have that little three-string ukulele. And I thought, well, I might, I might sort of record with that. And so I had to restring it. And then I worked out the chords and I was like, wow, this works really well. So um, probably only about five years, but I, I certainly love it.
0: But you've got a history in music and a family history, which sounds so interesting. Tell me about what your childhood was like.
1: Yes. Um, well, I grew up with my parents um, playing music, particularly my dad, who's a, I suppose, a folk singer-songwriter that sort of came out of the post-Dylan era, if you know what I mean. Um Yeah, and I was named after Woody Guthrie, an American icon.
0: I have to jump in now and say that my son was named after Arlo Guthrie.
1: (laughs) Well, there you go. So there's a connection. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my dad, he used to, uh, we used to pack up the combi van back in the 70s and 80s, and we'd do a six-week tour around Aboriginal communities or festivals, that kind of thing. And, yeah, it was really informative really kind of gave me a sense of perspective and and different cultures and and a sense of adventure, I think.
0: Because, of course, you've continued that tradition with your own children now. Was it a natural thing to involve them in your performances or how did you go about it?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it certainly was. So I suppose that that step for me was that in my upbringing, music was normalised. So playing an instrument... And being exposed to it was just just normal. And so um, if I think back to my schooling, my teacher, um, he played the guitar a lot and all the kids remembered that. But for me, actually, I can't remember it because it was just part of my everyday life. So basically for me, just having that exposure just meant that um, it was normal and obviously wanted to bring that into my kids' life. So then it was
0: like, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? Because when you're a parent, yeah. you just know things, and then you've got to translate them so that your children, because they don't know it. Um, how old were your kids when they started to start being interested in music or picking up an instrument and learning something? Mm-mm.
1: Well, my youngest daughter, um, well, yeah, the, I've got three kids. I should say, um, the older two are now fifteen. They're twins, and, and that's part of the rhythm up here in, in Sydney is that they're playing soccer for Victoria. A boy and a girl in different teams, That's but um,
0: brilliant.
1: my other life has been a soccer coach. I coach, I coach <laughs> them for five years, which has been a lot of fun.
0: Wow! Um, but well, we got, you must have done well if they're representing Victoria.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I I still play just, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that because if we were, it'd be quite depressing. Um, yeah, especially when you chase twenty-year-olds around. When you get a bit older, it's not easy. <laughs> but uh, we're here to talk about music, uh, which is my other love, and. Yeah. So for me, with with my kids, yeah, I I just wanted to expose them to it and to what kind did of the
0: twins play. I mean, yeah, you've got it's interesting that they've obviously got such a passion for sport, but they really they must love music as well. Yeah. Did I, I I've seen some of your performances, and um, does one of your girls play the violin?
1: Yeah. So they look they they have a strong string and music program at their school. So um, that stuff, the technical sort of side of it, was brought in by that. Um, And my background is sort of guitar, ukulele, singer-songwriter kind of folky kind of stuff. So I wanted to have them with a sort of spontaneous storytelling, um, playing chords, singing along, that kind of stuff. So uh, they probably had a really good balance of kind of technical practice as well as spontaneity.
0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking to Woody Clark from Woody's World, and um, he's basically a musician who performs for children, but he's involved his own family in this performance. He was a child performer with his own father and travelling around Australia, and we're just talking about um, what it's like to bring your children up in, I guess, a a musical world. Woody, I'm always curious because... When I sing with my children, I do feel for the people who live in the apartments around us (laughs) because I know music travels, but then I don't kind of care at the same time. Do you guys sing a lot at home? Do you make music at home? Is that sort of part of just the way you live?
1: Yeah, I've really tried to bring it into the household. So for example, I sort of deliberately leave a ukulele and a guitar on the couch. And so you you might sort of sit down, and have a cup of tea or whatever you're doing, and oh, I've suddenly started playing the guitar, so um, making it accessible is really important, and yeah i I taught my my kids a bit of ukulele, and then my younger one sort of learnt that, and now she, I've just taught her some chords on the guitar, so she's um launching into that, and the older my older son. Um, he was a ch- he uh, was a cellist. He's sort of given that away, and he's kind of madly into his soccer at the moment. But um, yeah, he's also started playing guitar. And he'll, I mean, he'll now he'll YouTube something, and he'll he'll want to learn a song, and then he works out the picking, and he's probably starting to play better than me, actually. Um, and then singing, yeah, it's. I think it's just. um among my partner, she's basically tone deaf, and we've had the opposite upbringing. I, I'm a sort of bush country boy from the Adelaide Hills in a way, and, and she, she grew up in sort of Brighton down near the Bay of Melbourne, and, um, and she didn't have music in her life, so her, I mean, her parents used to um, put on Elvis or whatever it was back in the day, um, but, you know, I had my dad doing that for me and playing music, so yeah, it's really easy. Does well, she
0: sing now? Even well, she... She,
1: she can't really sing in tune. She loves to sing in the car. <laughs> she loves to sing in the shower. Uh, At least
0: tells me, my producer, there's no such thing as not being able to sing in tune. That if you practice, you will get there.
1: I I think you're right. I think it's about about tuning into your own voice. And the voice that's in your head is different to the voice that comes (laughs) out. So... I mean, anything takes practice, doesn't it, whether
0: it's <laughs>
1: learning an instrument.
0: Look, speaking as a wife who is constantly told, I can't sing, don't tell us you can't sing. <laughs> but
1: did were you encouraged as a child? Did your parents expose you to...
0: No, not really. I mean, we I learned the piano, yeah. and then we, as part of those exams, we had to sing to the notes, which I hated.
1: <laughs> so it was and slightly traumatic, because a lot it of people... Was slightly
0: traumatic, yes. A
1: lot of people have some traumatic experience in their childhood, and so if you can alleviate that and make it fun and, and really encourage it and there's nothing they can do wrong.
0: Mm. Especially when your kids are young because my yeah, kids yeah. laugh at me a lot when I sing so that just encourages me more. <laughs> Probably, like I say, the neighbours don't like it. But anyway, let's talk about the ukulele because even though you say you've just been doing it for the last five years, you've also got like a ukulele school, am I right, for children?
1: That is correct, yeah. I've just finished some eight-week courses down in Melbourne for kids and parents so my whole slant is to kind of get families playing so the parents are sort of modeling that behavior for the kids they're sort of encouraging practice at home and you know if you want your kids to to learn something if you can model it and encourage it and make it fun then you're halfway there so yeah ukulele courses have been happening i have an e-course that is on the way for for next year Um, so that's
0: something that people in wherever they are can download and then follow yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: and that'll that'll link back to my my new ukulele kids album, and then the live show. So I'm sort of working on a participation element where people will be able to come along and sort of play along with the oh, show. Oh,
0: that's cool. Yeah. So, tell me, um, I haven't actually explained much about your live shows. So you travel around with the kids when you can and do performances for children.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, children. My my first show and album, I suppose, it was probably pitched to that probably kindling demographic in a way of sort of the two to five, six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we've travelled around a lot, do, you know, touring and doing the show and I'll, I'll sort of pull them out of school and they'll come away for a week or two somewhere. Oh, they
0: must love that.
1: Um, they've liked it. I think the older two, they're like, oh, do we have to go on tour again, Dad? Oh. <laughs> like, well, I'm paying you guys, come on. <laughs> uh, my youngest one, she saved up the most, by the way, from her touring money. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, but... Uh, I mean, it's, it's swings and roundabouts, and, and, they're, and as they're teenagers, they get into other things, but I suppose I feel like I've given them the language of music now that they can then take that at any point in their life, and they can write a song if they want to. They can look up a song they really like on YouTube and learn it, and then play it. They can go to a party and sit around the campfire and play some tunes or go camping or or join a band, start a band if they want to. So, yeah, um, that's that's been really great. Um, I can't remember what your original question was. Neither
0: can I, but obviously it wasn't important. Um, look, before we wrap up, tell me. So you're launching this e-course next year in 2018, and we'll put links up to your website so people can stay on top of that. If they definitely, like. I think so. Yeah, is that designed for again for parents to do with their kids?
1: It is. Yeah. So I've I've written this course, um, and I've been teaching face to face, and I'm sort of taking that content in a way and turning that into an e-course which is fantastic so there'll be a lot of participation and it'll be quite sequential and then also I really want to make it fun and engaging so um, you might have seen I perform with a puppet that, that we crowdfunded for that was made by um, the original Hoot the Owl, who is also oh, great. also a puppet smith, a puppeteer, um, and he's the not the puppeteer, but the puppet itself <laughs> is a cat called Hercules. Yep. And the backstory is that my dad wrote that song and it was my favorite song as a kid.
0: Oh, brilliant. Hercules
1: the alley Cat. And so we travel around and it's kind of a multi art form show, I suppose, where you've got your original music and your story. And there's puppet and puppetry and mime and all that stuff in it um
0: and eventually people will be able to come along to this show and play along with you
1: yeah so i'm I'm in the process of writing a new show um and finishing recording the album, so I've written some songs um it's it's tricky, but I've tried to keep them really fun and just generally inspiring and entertaining songs, but then bring in some really simple chords like one finger chords on the ukulele that you can change through and learn you know, 45 minute or two hour lesson.
0: Oh, wow. And so the
1: idea is that if you participate in the e-course, you should be able to come along and play along in the live show. We might even get you up on stage.
0: <laughs> that sounds brilliant. And of course, what age is the, that suitable for the ukulele? Well, that, that's
1: a little, oh yeah, I think a little bit older. Like I've, I've taught young kids sort of under five and it's difficult for their hands to to get around the, the fretboard there and play some chords. So I think I suppose over six, like school age, I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and any teachers out there, you know, it's a great instrument to initiate a school music program with. Get I've got I've got twenty ukuleles, and I go around as a mobile ukulele school. But you know, teachers can certainly do that, and and it can be the basis to learn other instruments. Gra- a great instrument to learn on. I, I recommend sort of for five six year olds to. Um, to start with that.
0: And affordable and sound way better than a recorder. Yes. <laughs> yes. Woody, thank you so much for coming in and having a chat with us.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: That's Woody Clark from Woody's World. And to check out all of Woody's musical projects and his touring, you can head to our website where we'll put up links to more information. It's kindling.com.au.